Blog Talk Radio. Kentucky Derby weekend. Yeah, no fans of the Kentucky Derby. Uh, but, hey, we're still going to be talking about the Kentucky Derby today. Get everybody's picks, and we're going to get that up on social media and uh, see who uh, who we can uh, claim as the, the smartest guy about horses. Standing by for Mo from the BS Sports Show. We'll be uh, joining him. And then also coming up, Walt Berber, WITZ down in Jasper. I haven't been with the show in a while. It's going to be joining Steve Wilson and W. Uh, Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest talking with us about uh, Darlington as well. And then we've got Ed Kraft, speed writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, NSI.com. Well, let's just jump right into it since we got him for a limited amount of time. Uh, Mo from the BS Sports Show. Happy Kentucky Derby weekend for you, sir. How are you? Oh, you know, it's, uh, it doesn't feel like a Kentucky Derby weekend at all because, A, I'm sober. And, uh, well, that's pretty much it. I'm sober. Well, there you go. I mean, I don't, that could either be a good thing or a bad thing. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. So, you know, here, here's the thing. Um, with with the Kentucky Derby, the Indianapolis 500, we're talking about the Big Ten and stuff. Some of the things that we we uh, have been talking about over the past weeks as we move forward, still we're still having this issue without any fans, and we're going to be having uh, W.I. Uh, Walt Ferber from WITZ up in Jasper, down in Jasper, talking with us here in a little bit about the Big Ten and their lack thereof. But here's my thought: Why, if if we're if we're following Government guidelines, Mo. Why is it why is it not uniform across the board? If if the government and the states are saying this, especially let's just say the state of Indiana because that's where we're located. But pick a state, insert name here. Why can't why can't we all get together when it comes to the world of sports? Uh, I think that. um... It probably has a lot to do with the certain uh, with a certain state and in, in the reflection on uh, on people trying to keep their jobs. So, you know, if the Big Ten holds their football season and, and a bunch of people get sick, it doesn't reflect on anybody else, nor, probably than the Big Ten commissioner or the school presidents. So, I, I think that uh, a lot of it is just people trying to cover their ass and save their jobs. So, the easiest thing to do is to cancel it. You're right. You know, if you can play in North Carolina. Why can't you play in uh, in India? It, uh, it it doesn't make sense. There should be a uh, a uh, you know definitive uh, type ordeal for this is what's going to happen, uh, you know. Or the NCAA needs to get off their butt and come out and say, hey, look, it's either all or it's nothing. 
Yeah, and and here here's the thing with the NCAA. I mean, you know, they're based here in Indianapolis, and they've 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 had to do a lot of layoffs and stuff too. So it doesn't only affect the the teams. Uh, teams not playing affects the employment of of those that work for for the team and around the team. Uh, you know, that work at the venues, that work in the the concession stands. It, it affects everybody. And and here's here's the thing. What I find, and I just use Indiana as an example, but it really is the same across the board, especially when we're talking about the Big Ten. Uh, so Notre Dame can play. They're located in Indiana. Uh, Indiana State can play. USI can play. University of Evansville could play. Those are just a handful of colleges outside of the Big Ten in Indiana, but yet Purdue and Indiana University uh, can't play. So it just kind of uh, baffles my mind. And it's, it's the same thing over at Ohio State. Ohio State can't play, but other schools within the state of Ohio can play. Uh, but it looks like now the Pac-12 is going to like maybe uh, uh, backpedal a, a little bit. Do you think, and we're going to get into the bigger, deeper conversation on this. I want to get into the Kentucky Derby and the NBA uh, with you here in just a minute. But, but do you think that the Big Ten will, will stand stand their ground on this? It's hard to say. Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, when one of their, their charter schools, like a Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio State, loses a big recruit to another school because of not playing, I think that that will uh, that will quickly probably make the uh, Big Ten change course because you know one of these big schools can make a power play like Nebraska talked about doing and, and say look I'm leaving the conference if Ohio State left the conference I think you see things change so it's going to probably take one of these big schools to really put a threat to the Big Ten uh, in order to get them to change course at this point um, but you know I know there's been talk about starting the, the season in, in November. Uh, you know, the spring season, I think, is a terrible idea because, A, you've got uh, guys who want to, you know, get ready for the NFL draft. But uh, how hard would that be on a freshman to have to play in the spring and then play football again in the fall? I just I think it's, it's been a terrible idea. They just need to figure it out. Either it's all or nothing. I either want to see college football or I want to see none of it. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. Well, let's move on to the uh, a big event of the weekend, and that's the Kentucky Derby. Obviously, no fans there. They they had kind of said there for a while that they would have fans, uh, but certainly no fans on the Kentucky Derby. So, you know, one of the things that you and I have talked about on the show often is betting, and betting on the Kentucky Derby uh, in Vegas or, or wherever is going to be a little bit different maybe this year, maybe a little bit more complicated because we haven't been following the horses as we have. And, you know, and for the first time in, what, uh, 29 years, casinos are, are booking the Derby on their own now, and a lot of, uh, and now we have a lot of these uh, sport books uh, stuff that are open. So how do you think in the gambling world uh, – so we have a few things that we like to gamble on every year, and that's the, the NCAA uh, uh, March Madness. Yeah, there's the Super Bowl. Uh, and, you know, there's there's a few other things, but the Kentucky Derby certainly stands out as one of the ones that, that we gamble on a lot. It seems to be since March, because we didn't have March Madness, this seems to be the first big gambling event that's come up since uh, the world shut down, if you will. Uh, so how does it look like? And I'm going to run through uh, just a, a couple horses while we got you here for a few a few minutes here and just tell me you, kind of your thoughts on the two horses and, and who you would go with and who you wouldn't go with. And, and, we, and I don't really have the odds put up, but just maybe what you might know because, uh, you know, Again, we haven't we haven't been, had the luxury of of knowing these horses as as we have in the past. But how has 
Do you think gambling, how do you think that's going to be affected uh, for today's uh, Kentucky Derby? Well, you know, I think that, like you said, you know, we missed out on betting on Mark Madness and a few other things. So, uh, you know, with football starting next week, that's obviously going to be a huge gambling event. And, you know, and I've gambled some on NBA games, a little bit of baseball, but, you know, this is the first, you know, major one-off type event. Uh, that you know that we've had to gamble on, and I think you know even with no fans, I think you could see it, you know one of the biggest gambles on uh, Kentucky Derbys of all time, just because you know the, the casual gambler hasn't really had anything to to go gamble on. A lot of casual gamblers don't gamble on NBA games. They don't uh, they don't gamble mm-hmm. on baseball or hockey. So this is the first major one. <laughs> so I think you could see a a, a huge raise in that. Uh, my normally what I do at the Kentucky Derby, I don't do the exactos or the trifectas. Uh, I'll normally pick a, a horse I like towards the top, and then I always bet on a long shot because why wouldn't you throw ten bucks on a horse that's forty-four to one? You know what I mean? So if it hits, great. If not, you lost ten bucks. Who cares? Um, this year I went with Thousand Words, which is nine to one. Tis the Law is actually the favorite at one to one. Uh, Honor AP at eight to one. Authentic at nine to one. But I like Thousand Words. Uh, I took them. Uh, I took him at nine to one, and then I'm also going with. Uh, uh, I think. I, I'll tell you what, I'll let you pick my, I'll let you pick my long shot. Uh, your choices are uh, attachment rate, Mr. Big News, and winning impression. Attachment rate's 42 to 1, Mr. Big News, 43 to 1, winning impression, 44 to 1. Which one do you like? And that's who I'm going to bet my long shot on today. Mr. Big News. Let's go with Mr. Big News because I've heard people talk about him this week. So I uh, heard this week. So let's uh, we'll go with Mr. Big News. But it's funny that you brought up a thousand words because on the other side of, of the fence there, no pun intended, there you've got uh, New York traffic. I mean, I mean, there's got to be a hard decision between a thousand words and New York traffic because, you know, traffic stands out as, uh, as a huge uh, stands out as a good matchup. Uh, Two thousand words. Well, the thing about a thousand words is nobody's ever won the Kentucky Derby from that post position. So, uh, you know, we we saw I think a thousand words was won the Belmont earlier this year. So, the fact that a thousand words is, is a good horse has uh, big race experience, but nobody's ever won from that post position. And I I want to be I want to bet on the first horse that wins from that post position and wins the Kentucky Derby. So, that's the only that that was my deciding factor as I was trying to decide who I was going to go with at the top. So. That's why I took that's, that's good logic. Couple of horses here. You got Max Player versus the Enforceable. Uh, between those two, who would you look at? Well, I mean, Max Player has you know more wins under its belt. I think it's a better horse. But you know, again, if you're if you're going, I try to stay away from the middle of the road horses just because you don't have a ton to gain. You know, you get your favorites, you can win some money on. And then if you're going to put money on another horse, again, I normally just take a long shot. Uh, if you're going to go with a, a horse like Enforceable, you know that might be one that you. If, I wouldn't do. Uh, I wouldn't do a ten dollar bet like I did at the bottom. I'd probably do. I, I, if I'm going to bet a middle horse, it's probably usually twenty five to fifty bucks because I'm getting okay odds. But you know, I want to return on my money. So to me, the Kentucky Derby is not to watch for fun. It, it's to try to make cash up every year. So if I'm betting a middle of the road horse, it's probably a twenty five dollar, fifty dollar bet on it. You know, you were talking a little bit about underdog horses, and we talked about Indiana today, and we talked about Notre Dame, so why not talk about South Bend uh, versus Storm the Court? I mean, I think South Bend is certainly the underdog in that matchup. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I was hoping South Bend would actually be one of those 40-ish to to one odds because that would have been my long shot for the day. But, you know, 33-1, 
it might be worth it might be worth a five bucks uh you know and and when it gets down to the horses you know in in that uh you know bottom third of the field at that point it honestly is just a crapshoot because so much then matters uh you know the trainer the the jockey as it does at the top but to me those those that bottom third it, it becomes more of a crapshoot and that's the point to where people just decide you know i like that name or I, I, you know, I'm a fan of that jockey, or I like that trainer. So when people pit towards the the bottom third of it, there's usually there's that one reason. Sometimes it is just the name. Uh, so people find a reason. I think when they bet the bottom horses, just to find, uh, you know, something that that they feel an attachment to, and that's how they bet those bottom horses. One more matchup. Let's look at Honor AP and Authentic. You know, Honor AP back in Santa Cruz uh, earlier this year certainly handled Authentic uh, relatively easy, and and one would think that they. That they that he would have no problem with uh, authentic in uh, the Derby today. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like Honor AP in that matchup. Like you said, it, uh, it, he's been a strong horse for most of the year. And in their head-to-head matchup, I believe uh, Honor AP's t- taken it t- two or three times now. So, uh, you know, if, if it came down to those two, I, I think Honor AP would be my pick. Now, watch, you know, Authentic's winning the whole damn thing, and then I'm going to look like an idiot. But uh, I like Honor <laughs> AP in the matchup. So, so we're going to go ahead, and, and we yeah, you can only pick one. I know we've talked about a couple horses, and I'm saving mine to the end of the show, so that means you're going to have to uh, listen to the entire podcast later today. But, no, it'll be up on social media uh, at the end of the show. Uh, but I'm going to have everybody today give me their official uh, pick for a winner, so you can only pick one. Who is your official pick for our social media bragging rights for the Kentucky Derby? Thousand words wins the Kentucky Derby today. First time ever from that post position. Mo from the BS Sports Show. I know you said you could only hang out with us for 15 minutes, uh, so we got about two minutes left here in that 15 minutes. Sum up the NBA in the bubble. Um, it's become a little tiring to me. I enjoyed it at first, um, and I think the reason it's become tiring to me is because I think you can see how it's gotten and, and started to affect players being there, uh, you know, especially coaches because referees can have guests, uh, players can have guests, uh, but the coaches haven't been allowed to have any guests, which I, I found weird. So I think just the look of bewilderment uh, on some of the players who it's really affected being quarantined because maybe, you know, when you're used to being quarantined in a 25,000 square foot house, it's a lot different than being quarantined to a hotel. And I think that the way it started to wear on some of the players, you can see it on their faces. Um, is what is it started to kind of slow down my interest in that and you know I, I watching the Mavericks was so much fun for me because they're such an exciting team of Luka Doncic um uh that's uh you know that's gone but you know I'll tell you the heat being up 3-0 on Milwaukee has uh it's kind of turned the NBA on its ear uh you know people questioning if if, John, if Giannis is a uh a Scottie Pippen and not a Michael Jordan and uh you know the heat uh you know we thought they were going to be a scrappy team but they have just manhandled uh, the Milwaukee Bucks so far. So it'll be interesting to see what happens if it comes down to a Boston-Miami matchup uh, or, you know, does uh, Milwaukee Rover play dead at this point uh, or do they uh, come back? And, you know, the Lakers dropped you know, game one after the Houston Rockets just went seven. Uh, you know, some could say it was the layoff for the Lakers or, uh, you know, you, you would think that Houston would have been a little tired. But, you know, Houston uh, pretty much took control of that game last night. So you've got the two favorites down in both series right now. So it, uh, it's definitely been interesting. This is one that, uh, you know, maybe an underneath team could steal. Mo for the BS4 Show joined us today real quickly. Uh, last word, uh, the Colts announced yesterday that they would uh, allow about 2.9% fans. Uh, yay or nay? I'm going to go with nay because it's like 
you know, really the only people that are going to have a, a possibility of seeing that is if you're if you're longtime uh, season ticket holders. And then they'll go from there, and I think they could easily fill up 2.9% of the stadium with with uh, longtime season ticket holders. I say nay, it doesn't give the average Joe a chance to, to go see a game. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't give the average person the chance to go see the game, but I think even some fans is better than no fans. Uh, you know, baseball is – I've gotten used to it now, seeing no fans, but it definitely lacks that when something big happens. So I, I think just to be able to hear some actual live crowd people when something happens is okay, but you're right. Uh, you know, to the teams, it's all about the money and the loyalty. So it is going to be the season ticket people and the ones who've been longtime season ticket holders to to get it. You know, and that's fine because some of the most rabid fans are those fans. And so I, I at least want some excitement with the football. So, you know, yeah, it sucks. I won't go to a game this year. But, it uh, you know, at least there will be live people cheering for the home team in these games. And so, you know, I'm okay with that. Mo, for the BS Sports Show, have yourself a good uh, derby day, and I uh, hope a thousand words uh, comes out for you. And, uh, stay tuned to social media to find out my my pick, and we'll have everybody's pick up as well as we go through the show today. Well, either way, uh, by the time I should be uh, drunk on mint julep. So no matter who there we go, I'll be the winner today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mint juleps, man. Those are, that's the only time of the year you drink mint juleps, right? All right, buddy. Have yourself a good weekend. Sir. Been. See ya. All right, see ya. Mo for the BS Sports Show helping us break down the Kentucky Derby this year. A little bit different, Phil. We've got a few more minutes left here before we join up with uh, Walt Ferber from WITZ Dillon Jazz. We're going to continue this conversation about uh, the Big Ten. My name is Saw Mark with the Al Presidente. We'll be right back right here on the Balloons Radio Network. Take a sip with it and lean back with your head. It's simple. You can do it. Slide to the left. Slide to the right. Now cool down. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. 
GEICO makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on GEICO.com or the GEICO mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. I'm turning on my mic on cue just like that. Yeah, you will. There's only 2.5 seconds that you missed. <laughs> my name is Sean Mark El Presidente. It is Saturday, Labor Day weekend. It is Kentucky Derby weekend without the fans. It's also for you NHRA fans. Big uh, uh, race here in Indianapolis in Brownsburg at the Lucas Oil Raceway, and that is the U.S. Nationals and John Force and all the big boys will be there, but Courtney Force won't be there because she's with child uh, with her husband, uh, Graham Ray Hall, obviously from the IndyCar series. Uh, so big uh, races. And, and the thing about it is they were able to figure out a way uh, to have uh, fans there. And the odd thing about it, I don't know really how they're working it all out over there, but Every every ticket is is a pit pass, so I'd be curious to see that. It kind of just goes to what we were talking about earlier with Mo. It's just it's what's good for the goose is not always good for the gander. You know, it it just doesn't make sense. We're going to get into this in the next segment in great detail with Walt Ferber from WITV. TZ and Jasper, who covers a lot with IU and, of course, which is in the Big Ten. And we're going to be talking about this whole situation with the Big Ten. And, and like Mo said, maybe it's going to take a school like Nebraska or a school, especially a school like Ohio State, saying we're leaving the conference. And, you know, we, we look at Ohio State, and it, just like Notre Dame, wherever they want to go, they'll have their pickings of a conference that that'll take them So certainly hope that it doesn't come down to that. Certainly hope that the, the Big Ten can figure this out. Uh, again, you know, even if you're saying we're, we can play, but we're, we're not going to play without fans, just the whole thing doesn't doesn't make much, uh, just doesn't make much sense. If it's either all or nothing, like Mo was saying from the BS Sports. So we were talking about the Kentucky Derby. The Kentucky Derby is this weekend. Certainly no fans uh, in the stands. And we got – he picked a 1,000 words on this. And, you know, it's not really a, a, a bad pick. I mean, we talked a little bit about, about some of the matchups. And, and, you know, the New York traffic versus a 1,000 words. New York traffic stands out in this matchup because – of his continued improvement and consistency. New York traffic uh, put a scare into authentic late uh, in the Haskell and, and battled in, in, in Maxfield. So there's something to look at there uh, with, with New York traffic. And I'm going to wait to the end of the show to give my, my pick. And we're going to be getting all the picks up at the end of the show of the, uh, of, 
of the Kentucky Derby. And um, so um, we'll, we'll just have to see how, how that plays out. We, you know, we talked a little bit about a couple of the matchups, but, you know, certainly one that we, we didn't get to is Money Moves versus Solovente. Uh, Money Moves uh, down 14 to 1 in the early Kentucky Derby wagering is it's taking money for a reason. And this is a well-bred colt. Uh, is improved in every start. It should be uh, should be able to run the distance and has a tremendous amount of upside. Uh, so money moves is one to take a look at, and uh, you know we, we might be talking about him a little bit later on the show. Uh, but uh, certainly, I, I, I think that, that there's a, a lot to look at there with money moves. Uh, my name is Sal Marquez El Presidente. We're going to be joined by our uh, Walt Ferber here in just about five minutes or so to continue our conversation about the Big Ten and you know certainly some of the things that that have been going on with college football. We should be at a place right now on September fifth, two thousand and twenty, where we would be talking about college football. We are talking about college fo- football. That that in fact has not uh, changed. But one of the things that that has changed is there's one particular uh, division in college football, uh, the Big Ten, has decided that they are not going to have a season at all. Now, we got two things here. we got one, you can have games without fans, and that's been proven that can be done and and have a very well-monitored situation for those that might uh, be tested positive or whatever. Now, certainly not trying to diminish the – importance of, of, of being safe with the, the COVID-19. And we have government guidelines in place. We have state guidelines in place, depending on what state you're in. We happen to be located in Indiana. Now, that our guidelines might be completely different than somebody in Nebraska or Texas or California or New York. But the, the thing about it is, if you're a sporting team, go by the, the state's guidance rules and there's not a state that i can think of and here's the thing we've got high school football playing now i guess there's 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 things that happen in fact i and i'll talk a little bit about this with walt here you know castle where i went to high school down in southern indiana they had a case of a a tested positive for a COVID 19 they had to suspend a couple going to be suspending a couple games okay well if that happens that's what happens uh, but we're, lo- we're looking at a situation where it, it kind of looks like this is kind of a, an economic, uh, a profitability uh, type situation. And, and as I mentioned, you know, it doesn't o- only affect, okay, yeah, it kind of sucks that fans can't go. But think about people that uh, their livelihood depends on and around these games, parking, people who, who make money off of parking. And God knows that we know they make a ton of money off of parking, especially if you've been to any uh, college football games. Uh, you you look at uh, concessions uh, people. You look at you just look at everybody outside that's not playing the game that's affected uh, by the game. And and certainly other teams, other divisions have said we're gonna we're gonna play. Uh, we've got we've got college football going on in Arkansas this week, for example. So it can, it can happen. It should happen. 
and 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 why the Big Ten? And, and you know what? I, I love the Big Ten. I mean, I went to IU. I'm a I'm a I'm a Big Ten fan through and through. Big Ten's right here in my backyard. Uh, but there certainly should be able to be a way where they can they can figure that out. My name's Tom Marquez. Hell, President J nine one seven eight eight nine eight five one six is our digits. We'll be right back with Walt Ferber right here on the Balance Radio Network. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Well, Tom, the question I think on everyone's mind, looking ahead as far as silly season. at Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA, love your home. It is Derby weekend, it is Labor Day weekend, and uh, we are 
trucking right along. Thanks to Mo from the BS Sports Show uh, for helping us uh, kick things off uh, with us. But joining us now from down in Jasper, Indiana, the great German city there, Walt Ferber uh, from WITZ in Jasper. How are you, sir? Oh, doing well, Tom, but always doing better when I'm talking to you. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. I, I welcome back to the show. I know you, you haven't been on for a while, but I wanted to have an opportunity to, to bring you on today uh, because the, the Big Ten is certainly uh, right up there in front of the, of the world's view right now. And, you know, one of the things we talked a little bit on the, in the last segment, just a little bit, is it's kind of odd that the Big Ten seems to be the only uh, division in NF, uh, uh, NCAA football that's standing their ground. And, you know, he, here's the thing. We could get into all the complications of this, but, but what is it that is making the Big Ten say, you know what, we're not going to have a season. Everybody else around us can have a season because Indiana State can have, have a season. And you're very familiar with University of Evansville. They can have a, they can have a season. But Indiana and Purdue can't have a season. <clears throat> well, I, t- I tell you what, Tom, that is uh, that is an extraordinarily good point. Uh, you know, and this is one of those areas I'm kind of careful with because I'm not a doctor, I'm not in the medical profession, and I kind of adhere to people that are a little bit smarter than I am. I sure. think it comes down to uh, to what exactly college football is. Uh, or college sports, and I think the the axiom that uh, the Big Ten uh, Conference is using at this point is these guys are actually student-athletes, and uh, they looked at an assessment and thought that there would be a danger to uh, the athletes uh, playing in a contact sport where you may have upwards of 100,000 people watching. So, you know, there's dangers uh, with the possibility of guys going out and knocking the soup out of one another on the football field and also having that many fans in the stands uh, would have the possibility to to have this uh, COVID stuff expand. Uh, You look at that, and uh, the Southeastern Conference is looking at at a more... I would say, uh, and the ACC, as far as that goes, a a high risk, high reward, uh, high reward policy, and it all comes. My estimation, it all comes down to dollars, Tom. And uh, some of the conferences look at uh, this and see uh, the possibility of literally billions of dollars, uh, which uh, happens for a college football season in particular. While I think the Big Ten and the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 following the Big Ten, are looking at, uh, one, uh, the uh, safety of the student-athlete, and maybe more importantly than the safety of the student-athlete, they're looking at the liability that would happen uh, if, uh, if, the athletes, uh, if the athletes got sick. I mean, you're talking about... Uh, proposition that has some inherent risk in it and uh, it's just a little different different way of assessment and i will tell you tom you know i'm kind of glad that i'm just a humble sports reporter here in southern <laughs> indiana i don't i don't i honestly don't know what the answer is and i have a great deal of respect for for both sides of the equation i can can tell you i was looking forward <laughs> to uh to uh, calling my first college TV football 
coming up this fall, and that has gone by the board, which uh, was in Division Three. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I wish I could give you some definitive answer, but I don't think in this regard anyone has a div- definitive answer on what's happening, and uh, I don't think there's any necessarily anybody wrong in this equation. You know, I heard Tom Allen on an interview here locally uh, this uh, this past week here in a local Indianapolis station. He says he remains optimistic, and uh, I, I know you have a relationship with IU. Obviously, you're a sports reporter. You're very uh, familiar with, with IU and very close to IU. What are you hearing about what Tom Allen says about being optimistic and just uh, Indiana University as as itself? And I want to get into another university here in just a minute that I that I feel like is a big obstacle. But let's start with Indiana University. What what's the thoughts and, and feelings on campus around the Indiana University football program? Well, I just uh, had uh, an opportunity. Uh, just about a month back to have a long form interview with Coach Allen, and that was that was before the things mm-hmm. broke with the Big Ten not playing football. And I don't know if there's a guy more optimistic than Coach Allen. He's a guy that you really want to play for, and uh, I I think that uh, you know it would be very important for there to be college football in Bloomington. You look at Bloomington, and Bloomington is an arch prototype of what college football is is a lot of a lot of places it is a a not large community uh and a lot of the economic base of the Bloomington area in the fall and winter is based on Indiana University football and basketball when it's not there they're going to be pragmatically they're going to be places that suffer uh, you're going to have restaurants and hotels and mm-hmm. all the things that are associated with Indiana University football not there. And I, what it comes down with, and from the the people that that I talk to, this it is not a stagnant situation. It is, it is a situation that is changing literally by the hour. And from what I understand, there is some advanced testing procedures that may be available, and if uh, the Big Ten folks can be persuaded that uh, with proper precautions and and money laid down that it could be a proposition where it could be done safely, I, of of course they're they're going to do it. Uh, and one thing that uh, that is really large in this, if the uh, Southeastern Conference plays, if the ACC plays. You're looking at a, it's going to be a competitive imbalance coming up in the in the future, also, because uh, you're going to get a lot of reps, a lot of practices for these uh, these other schools, these other Power Five schools in the SEC and and the Pac-12 that I mean, in the the uh, the the ACC that you're not going to have in the the Big Ten and uh, and the conference out west, and you know there's a there's a high stakes here. From a competitive standpoint, if you know the other conferences can pull it off, it's a, from a competitive standpoint and a recruiting standpoint, an imbalance that could take uh, take years to uh, years to rectify. You know, you mentioned, and, and I talked about this earlier, uh, as far as 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 
the, the economic impact that it's going to have on a city like Bloomington, for example. And in Bloomington, if it wasn't for the college, there'd be no there'd be no uh, 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 Bloomington for the for for per se. And I'd be interested to see how much the the population of Bloomington increases and decreases uh, when the schools are in session and school aren't in session. So they're already feeling the impact because uh, of all of this already. They're already feeling the impact in this. And, and you know, certainly uh, an IU grad myself and, and tailgate down there at IU and, and you know, you, you look at, you know, just staples like uh, Mama Bear's Pizza and just, uh, you know, other uh, staples that, that, that thrive off of those those games and it, it hurts them and then you look at the people who 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 uh who charge for parking we know they make some money <laughs> that much we do know uh and then we look at uh, concession people so there's a lot of people that are affected directly affected uh by uh the, the ncaa in the big 10 not having the season but even that said if they want to as we're seeing across the board, and as we saw with the Indianapolis 500 recently, and you know we're seeing with the Kentucky Derby today, you can have an event and do the proper testing and have no fans. Is it, why is it that the Big Ten and now we're hearing threats of, of schools like Nebraska say, you know we'll go to another conference. That may not be enough to push them over the ledge, but if you have a, a school like Ohio State that, 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 that follows suit, that's going to have a huge economic impact on the Big Ten, and then it goes back down to dollars and cents. Uh, so is that what it's going to take for the Big Ten to at least just get on the horse and give it an attempt? I don't know. You know, I'm going to maybe disagree with you just a little bit. I don't know if they should. Okay. Uh, look at the game. You look at the game of football. Uh, there is no way to socially distance and play the game of football. The idea is to control the line of scrimmage. The big fellows uh, are going to get up front. They're going to bash into one another. And uh, obviously, you, even if you're playing without any fans, you're still good. you can't have football without without people running into to one another, uh, exchanging. Uh, you know, you're not going to play football with the mask on. And uh, it's one of it's one of those things. I said I'm I am glad that I am not uh, a decision maker <laughs> in this process because sure. uh, I you know I don't know if it's wise. I can tell you that I'll, I'll uh, be watching uh, some some Southeastern Conference football. I'm a big University of Louisville fan, so I'll, I'm sure I'll be wa- watching the Cardinals in the ACC, but. Uh, I, you know, I'm not so sure that they, that it it is possible to push the Big Ten over the edge there. I'm not so sure that they made the wrong decision. Uh, I would love to see football played, but, uh, you know, it is a very, very delicate situation. We are doing high school football. I just finished my third high school game of the season mm-hmm. last night. And uh, down here in southwestern Indiana in the SIAC, we had one game that was actually canceled uh, two and a half hours before kickoff because there was a was COVID-19. Was that the Castle game? That was the Castle-Bossy game that was actually yeah. canceled two and a half hours before game time because there was a COVID-19 patient, uh, COVID-19 uh, positive test at Castle High School. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I am uh, – you know, would love to see football. I would love to see Big Ten football, but 
you know, we're going to have to wait and see, and like they're going to be smarter people than me that are going to have to make yeah. make that decision. And like I said, I'm good with it if if doctors and medical people, and I'm taking politics out of the equation. Sure, if, absolutely. If, if politicians, uh, I mean, pardon me, if medical people at the highest level think that it's dangerous for them to play and not in their best interest, then they shouldn't play. And I think as much as, you know, I've basically made my livelihood for the last 50 years sure. out of, out of yeah, covering yeah. sports, when it gets down to crunch time, it's still a game. I mean, there are, as, as much as it may pay me to say, there are a lot more important things going on in the world than uh, yeah. than an entertainment, which is what football or basketball or baseball actually is. And uh, I think we've got to keep keep uh, pushing, keep pushing to get uh, a vaccine for this uh, this stuff and. Uh, and listen to, to smart, intelligent people and hopefully come up with the right decision. And I would say that there's a whole lot of possibilities out there. And, uh, you know, there's a possibility that uh, the Big Ten could be pl- playing football, I understand. Uh, from November into January, there's a chance they could uh, play football in January. I think they're really lessening the chance of having a spring football season just from the simple fact that uh, you're running basically two seasons back-to-back. But it it is a very, very difficult decision, and I probably am closer as far as football. I I do a lot of freelancing work for the folks at Indiana State University Uh and their Uh football team, and talking to Sherrod Klinkscales, who is the athletic director at Indiana State, I know the pain that went into uh, the Missouri Valley Conference's decision uh, to not have football this this uh, this fall. And you're talking about a conference like the Missouri Valley Conference, where uh, you know you don't have quite the revenue you have in the Power Five conferences. That uh, this kind of stuff, losing your fall sports season, is very very debilitating. So. I wish I could give you – I wish I was wise enough to give you uh, uh, categoric answers on exactly what's the best thing, but but, but I can't. And it's it's going to be real interesting to see how it, how it all rolls out. You know, you're right. And, and, you know, one of the things that I just find just baffling, and I totally agree with you, there are smarter people around this virus than me, way smarter people than me. And, you know, and I think we've all – been touched by this virus in, in a lot of ways, and including personally with my father. But I mean, here, here, here's the thing: it looks like that some of the smartest people in the world are in and around the NFL. We, we could probably agree with that. Uh, the NFL says they could go ahead and play their season, and mm-hmm. you know, we look at the state of Indiana, who's got really smart doctors here in Indiana taking the politics out of it. And, you know, just assuming no party affiliation, whatever, but assuming Governor Holcomb, which is the current governor of Indiana, is going by the direction of those very smart people in saying that you can have high school football. Yes, we did have that situation with Castle, which I'm alumni of, so I follow Castle a lot anyway. uh, So you do have situations like that. That that is going to happen. But it's also a proven fact that that people uh, of younger age – are less likely to get the virus 
than people of older age. And so you've got this whole group of people in the NFL and the NBA and the MLB that says they can do it. And especially with the NFL, we've got the Colts saying yesterday that they're only going to have 2.9% of the fans. Maybe that's better than nothing. Uh, But at, at the same time, there's people all around the Big Ten that says you can play football. And, yeah, you may have situations, and then we have uh, things in place. But one more thing here on the Big Ten, uh, Michigan uh, President Mark Schetzel uh, is one of the biggest remaining obstacles of the return of the Big Ten uh, this football season. He actually said to the point that he's threatening to have Michigan set out, even if the Big Ten goes ahead and votes to to go in October, denying the Big Ten, well, really one of its signature games. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you you know what you say about about the net the net it's it's apples and oranges, so to speak, when you're talking about the differences between the National Football League and and NCAA football and high school football. Uh, the National Football League, uh, the league and the teams have resources that even Power Five conference teams don't have. Uh, they have the ability to make sure that uh, their players and and coaches uh are tested on a regular basis uh that that they can and it is a, and it it is it is a profession for the NFL players that's what they do for a living uh while in college football uh you don't necessarily have the resources even with the power five schools that you have in the national football league and versus a paid athlete, you're talking about a student athlete, uh, that uh, brings up a whole other kettle of fish because then you're talking about maybe having to, 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 to pay the football players. Uh, I could see where it would be possible to play in the national football league and not play, uh, in, in college football. Uh, you know, in the high school football, you're talking about a whole other different thing too, because you're not talking about the crowds that uh, you have, and uh, and big time college football, and you're also not talking about the travel that you have in big time college football. So each of these separate entities have their own specific things that you have to to look at, and that's how you know it may be possible to play Jasper and Evansville rights in high school football, and not be able to play in uh, in the Big Ten, and that's why you have divergent you know divergent uh, viewpoints and a lot of these uh, people that are making the decisions uh in the Big 10 uh, you know these college presidents the athletic programs are just a small part of the university they're the most visible parts in in many ways but uh it is just one small piece of what a university president or chancellor is is looking into so yeah i mean it's it's possible that uh if there was that that uh, you could have some teams set out, I know from the other side of the fence, Nebraska, who said that if there wasn't uh, football this year, uh, they would find some other places to go. They have stepped back from that comment since then. So uh, you're going to have a number of intelligent people with divergent viewpoints uh, basically come up with a lot of different answers here. And as I said, I'm not I'm not sure any of them any of them are wrong. Though I would certainly like to see Big Ten college football played. Uh, I don't know if it's the right thing. I don't know if it's the right thing to do. And I will 
trust medical people with sure. uh, with with what they say, and you know, and the, 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 basically the dollars are are on the line here, and mm-hmm. there are going to be people that basically throw caution to the to the wind, and. Uh, and will go out and do it because it is worth losing their lives because of the amount of money that uh, that can be made in these these next several months. It's a very high risk, high reward situation, and I, I know that I look at it. I'm not going out at the moment. I'm because of the the shutdowns at the college level. I'm not doing a lot of the freelance stuff that I do in the fall now. But as a person that turned 64 in just a couple of weeks and uh, and, and one of the, the high danger groups myself, I'm still going out and doing three or four uh, high school events a week. And you know, each person is going to have a different answer. Each, each person is going to have a, a different risk tolerance. And we got a lot of people there that are smarter than other people. Uh, it's just basically the way God planned it. And, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see the way things roll. Uh, there is a possibility that, uh, as you've seen with Major League Baseball this this summer, that you could have some some, some outbreaks. Uh, you know, the St. Louis Cardinals and uh, Miami Marlins missed a good yeah, chunk of absolutely. the season because of outbreaks within their organization. And uh, there's a very good chance a lot of these football programs may have outbreaks. And just because they say they're going to start the season, that does not mean they're going to finish the season. And I've had conversations with uh, athletic directors here in southern Indiana, the commissioner of the IHSAA, Paul Nighting, former commissioner Bobby Cox, and nobody is letting the cart get too far in front of the horse here. Uh, basically taking things a day at a time, doing a lot of monitoring, and seeing what is going to happen. And I think anybody that mm-hmm. gets their headlights out too far in this instance uh, probably don't know exactly what's going on. <laughs> because even the, even when, uh, when different entities are playing, uh, there has to be the ability, if needed, to change and turn on a dime and uh, stop, pause, or maybe stop altogether. But uh, like I said, it's it, at this juncture in time, it's one day at a time, and in many instances, one hour at a time. Yeah, true, very true. Walt Ferber joins us from WITZ in Jasper. Walt, I want to take just a few minutes to just applaud you for what you've been able to do over the years. I think you've been with WITZ like 30 years, and, and that's a big accomplishment in today's radio world. And, you know, I, I'm an old radio guy myself, and, you know, I, I, I know you know a lot of the same people that, that I know, you know, Derek Schultz and, and Jake Query and, and, and uh, uh, John, JMV, John Michael, uh, a lot of things. That, that people have been around the radio world for a long time, and you've been able to be at the same station for well over 30 years. And another thing that I really applaud, and I, I don't know how they've done it. I know Jasper's a smaller community, you know, and I love the slogan, every, every, what is it, everything you need every day. You guys yeah, that, uh, mm-hmm. ep- epitomize local radio that's still alive, and it doesn't happen very often. Talk with me a little bit about especially with those that are, you know, 
podcasts are great. Obviously, this is going to be a podcast, and and we have our we live in our world of podcasts. We live in our world of of, of iHeartRadio and all of our 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 uh, things that we can just go to on our phones and we can go to. But there's something special about. Uh, local radio the way it used to be that's still alive. What's it, what's it like to be a part of a station that still does that? Well, you know, it comes basically to radio as a business. And uh, a long time ago, uh, we figured out that uh, with all of the different entities, at least as far as music, that if we were going to be a music-intensive station, we were probably going to have a hard time in being competitive with all the other things out there, with Sirius XM, uh, you look at uh, all the other services you can get now with music, you have to have a unique service that people want to listen to, and we figured out a number of years back that uh, the thing that would keep us viable over a long period of time was to serve the community. And we have put money into our news department. We have one of the best uh, news departments in the state of Indiana. I got a I great agree. news director and David Shepard that, that, that leads that. And uh, this is a sports crazy community. So we uh, we're very cognizant of keeping up on local news, and yep. uh, we broadcast a ton of local sports. I do uh, boys and girls soccer, football. I, we just added yeah. volleyball uh, uh, this fall. I saw that, uh, yeah. Saw boys that. and girls cool. basketball, uh, uh, softball, baseball. We have a collegiate team in the summer. So uh, we basically uh, make it to where if people want to know what's going on in the area, uh, that we're the place that uh, they come to. And I, I tell you, uh, we have people, if, you're, you know, if you work for us, you're going to work your tail off. Uh, most of our people put in 60 to 70 hour weeks and uh, to be to be viable in a difficult economy and basically a difficult medium like now right now in radio uh that's what you have to do and one thing with the covid-19 virus has done it has actually i think made our medium a lot more a lot more viable and people have turned to local terrestrial radio I think more during this pandemic and in kind of a really backwards thing, backwards way, uh, COVID-19 has been a, a great thing uh, for terrestrial radio. And uh, obviously, like every other business in the country, we've taken a, took a pretty good hit, especially in the first couple of months of the pandemic. But we've bounced back. We've got creative and we've figured out ways to to basically remain viable and re- reinvent ourselves on a regular basis on how we do business. And it is not a stagnant organism in any way, shape or form. But uh, we always have to be thinking. We always uh, look to to broaden our technology, to multi-platform, and to figure out the best way to service our public. And it's not different in that instance, uh, really not any different than any other business. You find out who your constituents are, who you're serving, and you work your butt off to make sure you give the people what they want what they want to have given to them. And by doing that, uh, actually, uh, April uh, was my 40th year at Wits. I'm heading toward 41 years year. at, uh, at Wits now. I it was now only and, 30 years. Yeah, and 50, almost 50 years in the business. And, uh, you know, th- the more things change, the more they remain the same. You have to ad- adapt. 
but it all comes down to finding out what your your listeners, what your viewers want, and and giving it to them, and never ever ever taking anything for granted. Because when you take things for granted, that's when you're going to get run over. And we saw in our area that uh, things are never forever. Uh, it, it, they're competitors in many ways, but uh, the Herald, our local newspaper in Dubois County was one is mm-hmm. one of the best in the country was owned by the same family for over a hundred years and last month they had to sell so it is it is different times and we're all just going to continue to try to do our best to uh to basically serve the people we do in the best way possible and never ever ever take anything for granted Walt Ferber, I tell you what, it's always an honor to have you on, on the show with us. You you take our show to a whole new level, and we we appreciate you. And one thing before we let you go, we're going to get this from everybody. We're going to get it all up on social media at the end of the show. But who is your official pick for the Kentucky Derby? <laughs> that That is good. I'm going to tell you what, I love the Derby. I'm originally from New Albany, and the Derby is one of my favorite things in the world. But with everything that I have have had going on, I'm I'm going to probably try to watch it later on today. But I I don't even have a clue on who's running in the Derby this year. So I I wish well, I, I could I, I'll give, you, give you I'll give you I'll give you some horses and you can just pick whoever you want and I won't give you the odds. Let me whatever horse is in the number seven slot I'll take. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll take whoever's in the number seven slot uh, for Walt Ferber, and we'll get that up on, on, on the social media with us. Okay. Uh, Walt, again, I appreciate you jumping on with us. If people wanted to follow your work, where can they do that at? Okay, Facebook page at Walt Ferber. I also am uh, Twitter at, uh, at Walt Ferber, and uh, the station website is WITZAMFM.com. You can also find me from time to time on the Indiana State website and the website of the University of Evansville. And I know every now and then you pop up here in Indianapolis local radio. So every now and yeah, then I'm I like, do, hey, do some work. <laughs> yeah, do some work for MS Communications. And Bob Lovell is kind yeah. enough to allow sure. me to, to send to in and host his show a few times a year. So, yeah, I get to come to Indy every now and then also. Well, you know you're in good company when Bob Lovell wants you to, to fill in for him and, and sit in the captain's chair, that's for sure. But I tell you, it is it is always a pleasure, my friend, to sit in, to sit in with you. You have an outstanding show. I appreciate it. Thank you all. Have a good day, buddy. You too. Walt Ferber, always a, a, a treasure to have him on. He's one of the, the icons of radio in Indiana and has been around for a long, long time. And certainly if you want to look at somebody to as to model yourself after in success, it's Walt Ferber. We've got him as whoever is the number seven horse. Melissa, our social media director, will be in charge of looking that up and getting uh, that pick uh, before the end of the show. But whoever is the number seven horse, uh, is Walt's pick for the Kentucky Derby. We'll be right back uh, with, I believe, with Steve Wilson from Speedway Digest. Going to jump in to some uh, NASCAR talk right here on the Balance Radio Network. <laughs> Air National 
National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like... Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal art. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're in my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind. Thinking I can see through this and see what's behind. Got no way to prove it, so maybe I'm lying. But I'm only human after all. I'm only human after all. Don't put your. All right, welcome back to the balance. One hour into books. We are at the half time, half point of the. The show. Thank you to Mo for the BS Sports Show for helping us uh, kick things off. And just what I tell you what, what a great interview we just had with Walt Ferber from WITZ down in Jasper. Certainly uh, one of the radio icons, both nationally and here in Indiana, uh, but certainly. Uh, well entrenched in the sports world, uh, certainly you, you know his work from uh, you know with with University of Evansville and also with the uh, his his uh, ESPN work and just uh, he's done so much. It's hard to kind of go through all the acclimates uh, of Walt and but you know one of the biggest things that we talked about was 
this return of the big pin to to sports world. And you know, I, he mentioned that that it's entertainment, but it's also an escape. And I just think that there has to be a way that we can figure this out. Uh, but with all of uh, with all of the technology that we have and. Yeah, it's. I guess it varies in, from from state to state, from uh, sport to sport, from organization to organization, on how we can get this together and how we can we can bring everything back together in in the sports world. And you know, we're standing by for Steve Wilson. Stand by, editor in chief of Speedway Digest. He's going to be joining us and talking with us a little bit about NASCAR and Darlington and, and uh, you know, certainly NASCAR has proven that they can run races, unfortunately, without fans. So has IndyCar. And, and uh, this, but here is something kind of a little bit different when we're talking about the racing world uh, over at uh, Lucas Oil Raceway here in Indianapolis, well, Brownsburg, uh, so west suburb of Brownsburg, actually just about, uh, you know, five minutes from my house. Can actually hear, hear the cars when I'm out in the backyard. Uh, is the 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 uh, the NHRA drag series, and uh, the the thing about them is every ticket is a pit pass. So they've been able to figure this out. Now I'm sure that they're going to require a mask, and I'm sure that there may, probably won't be autographs uh, done and selfies done with the drivers. I get that. I understand that. But there, see, it just goes to show that there can be ways to make happen to bring sports back uh, across the board. And it just it's 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 odd because I'm a I'm a huge Big Ten fan. I'm a big IU fan. I'm an IU alumni, so my loyalty lo- it goes with the Big Ten. But unfortunately, I feel like the Big Ten could do more. Now I I I agree totally with what Walt said. Is that is that you know we have to go with what people that are smarter than us that are, that are saying about this, and I agree with that. I do, but it looks like those smart people because they are so smart and because they are so intelligent. Uh, and the resources that the Big Ten has certainly is much more than some of the other uh, smaller leagues uh, that are that are playing. The, I mean, to, to get these advanced testing, I would think that costs – now, I, I, I'm, I don't know the numbers here. I don't know the budget numbers, and I don't know the cost of this stuff. But it looks to me like if there's any – division any any school group any group of colleges that can afford advanced testing and can afford what needs to be done uh to put safety precautions in with the uh uh the the return of the ncaa is the big 10. the big 10 is let's face it probably one of the most profitable um uh football divisions around and so You look at colleges like Ohio State, and you look at colleges like Michigan, and you look at colleges like Michigan State. Those are all high-dollar schools. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, they're 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 well attended, they're well recruited, their coaches are well paid, not only in football but in basketball as well. You look at IU basketball as well. So there is money within the Big Ten organization. So. 
I don't necessarily say that I subscribe to the theory that they don't have the budget to get the proper testing and I, I just don't I don't subscribe to that at all and so we'll we'll see how that plays out I'm I'm trying to uh uh reach uh and ping uh Steve Wilson so we'll try to get him on here for a few minutes He might have gotten tied up. Uh, he was going to come on and talk a little NASCAR in Darlington with us. And, you know, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty with NASCAR and wanted to get his thoughts on that. And also IndyCar, uh, we, we, you know, we, we just had recently had the Indianapolis 500 and Soda won on that. And, la and last week, we didn't really get a chance to really uh, kind of dive into the Indianapolis 500. Uh, but certainly, you've got Darlington today at 1230 with the Xfinity Series. And, uh, you know, you got Haley Briscoe, Burton, Burton uh, and Cindric and, and Chastain all rounding out the, the top uh, five uh, out there in Darlington. And certainly Darlington is a great track to run at. It's one of the tracks that's been around for a long time. It's got a good history and certainly uh, a lot's going on there. So uh, hopefully we can, we can get in touch with uh, uh, Steve and get him on here in just a few minutes. Sometimes, you know, things with live radio doesn't always uh, pan out as, as you had thought that they would. But let's go back and we're just going to kind of uh, set in the Big Ten and maybe a little bit of the Kentucky Derby here. Uh, while we wait on Ed Kratz, we'll be joining us here in about 15 minutes to talk with us about the NFL. Obviously, the NFL is ready to get going and to get back going and, and, and to get uh, back things going. So I want to talk with him about that. And, and really, the good thing about it is we got the fan part of it. There is that part of it. But here's what we can definitively say. The NFL is going to move forward right now as scheduled. Now, as we've talked about today and, you know, in past shows, if, if something may happen to, to bring everything to a screeching halt. But for the moment, the NFL is going to move forward with its regular season. And we heard that, that the Indianapolis Colts, uh, we heard that the Indianapolis Colts were going to allow 2.9% of the fans. So, you know, Mo was like, you know, hey, it's good to at least have some people there. It's not going to give the opportunity for the average Joe to go to a game uh, if you're not a season ticket holder and, and if you haven't been a season ticket holder for a long time. And I understand that there, there's something that goes to loyalty on that. So I get it. Uh, but I, I just I, aren't we just ready for all of this to come to an end? Aren't we just ready for? I mean, who would have ever thought? Even when, even when all of this first came out before March, and and, and we're like, well, even if it turns into a pandemic, it's not going to be the worst thing in the world. Well, how wrong were we to make that assumption? I don't know that I've ever seen anything as crazy in my lifetime. And I've been on the skitter 51 years and I have never seen anything like this. And, and I think I remember some pandemics in the past and nothing was like this. And we got to be careful and we got to be cautious and we got to, we got to, respect the rules and, and understand the, the, the policies of law and that sort of stuff. But at the same time, I, I feel like that it's very therapeutical 
for us to be able to get back out and go to to sports. I mean, I mean, how disappointing was it I to not be able to go to the Indianapolis 500 this year? I was there. I was outside of the track, but I mean, I, it had to be done. And I'm not going to be able to go to a Colts game this year unless something changes, and let's hope it does. But for the moment. I'm not going to be able to go to a Colts game this year. So it is disappointing to fans. And so we, we, we do have to do everything in a helpful manner. And I do not know what's going on with Steve Wilson. We are going to publicly shame that man when he comes on. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. Uh, I'm sure that he's got, he's got busy. I wanted to get his Kentucky Derby pick. I mean, come on, man. Give me your Kentucky Derby pick. We'll try to get it from him, even if we can't get him on the show. If not, well, he's going to miss out on the ultimate balance of bragging rights uh, from the, the Kentucky Derby. And, you know, we, we, we talked uh, a, a little bit about the Kentucky Derby and the odds. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, for the first time in 29 years, casinos are book, booking the Derby on their own. They are allowed by – Nevada, we're talking about Vegas, a gaming control board to take action only on the Derby and the Oaks weekend, no other Churchill down races. So that, that's something there. But because they are obligated to, to pay uh, different prices and, and post it at the track, bookmakers are putting the limit and uh, limit on the amount of betting menu in order to minimize their liability. So You've got something now that they're doing called head-to-head uh, wagering, and uh, which is a favorite wager for for many fans uh, because you don't really have to know a lot about the horse. You just kind of say, okay, uh, I'm picking this win, this horse to win over this horse, and that was kind of the 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 combinations that we were we were talking about in that situation with with uh, Mo from the BS Sports Show and. We talked a little bit about New York traffic versus the thousands of words. Now, he's all about thousands of words. We know that that's his official pick uh, for the uh, for the Kentucky Derby. And so we, we talked a little bit about that, that matchup. But, you know, uh, it, as I mentioned earlier, New York traffic put a scare into authentic late in the in the Haskell and, and, and battled uh, the talent Maxfield – in his prior to his career. So a New York traffic is one to look at. Um, so Mo's going for the, for the horse. That's never a one from this particular uh, post position. And uh, that's thousand words. He's been very in- inconsistent through his three year uh, campaign. And he did win, win the shared uh, belief uh, with a, a perfect setup and, and it strangely ran race in that particular race. Uh, so it's it's not without observation as to why you would go with a thousand words, and uh, so. But I I I wanted to get. Uh, we're gonna have a thousand words for Mo if if he uh, if he wins. <laughs> you know, we also talked a little bit about money moves him. So I just want you to remember that uh, name as we get closer to the end of the show. And we're going to get everybody's everybody's pick. So Mo's pick is a thousand words. Walt Ferber's pick is whoever started in the number seven slot. And I don't know if we know who that is yet, uh, but we'll get that up on social media uh, when when we when we have that information available. And that's Walt Ferber's pick. Um, and you know, you know, if you're 
what's what's the uh, oh it's a legal term that if you're found guilty and you don't show up for trial you're, you're still guilty uh, uh, in absence of or whatever uh, we we might have to just make a pick for Steve and just say you know maybe we'll give him a long shot we're gonna give him a pick. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna have to give him a pick, and uh, we, we want him to be able to be here and give us his own pick. Uh, I'm sure something's come up. We're just uh, you know kind of kind of giving him a, a hard time. Nine one seven eighty nine eight five one six or digits. It's coming up in about ten minutes. We got Ed Cratch, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI dot com, uh, talking with us uh, and breaking down the return of the NFL and the schedules that we're looking at. We're going to be talking about the Eagles and the Colts, and we're going to be talking a lot about the NFL team and certainly getting into that as we get into our final final uh, segment uh, of the show. Let's talk a little bit about just some of the, the news that's going on uh, in the NBA. You know, Gannis thinks he can play more more minutes, so, you know, with the Bucs. Uh, but, you know, Bucks are down 3-0 in, 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 the, in the series. And, you know, and that's, that's just so – uh, bizarre, if you will, because when we went in and we started talking about uh, the NBA and the NBA postseason, we were talking about the Milwaukee Bucks, and we were talking about the Milwaukee Bucks being, in fact, we here on this show said, you know, we 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 feel like the Milwaukee Bucks has everything that it that it has in place to go the distance, but now they're on the brink of elimination. And Giannis and Dikimokopo, <laughs> that Greek guy, <laughs> feels like he can be doing more for the team after the Bucks fell uh, 0-3 uh, in the whole Friday after their loss to the Miami Heat. Uh, you know, the, the reigning MVP was asked about his minutes in which he, get, he basically says he feels like that he can play uh, more minutes. So, you know, we're going to be keeping an eye on what's going on with the Milwaukee Bucks because it's bizarre that the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat, but, you know, it just goes to show that any given night, you know, uh, what what can happen and what can, uh, what can uh, uh, go down, if you will. So the NBA has been playing in a bubble, so we'll see. You know, we're going to get into this NFL talk uh, here in just a few minutes with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I'm going to talk with him a little bit about the Bears are expected to play uh, Mitchell Trubisky, and we'll see how that plays out. But but certainly that Mitchell Trubisky's been a, a point of conversation on this show for a while. Um, and uh, – but over Nick Foles, who has a superior NFL resume, and and Ed can uh, certainly talk about Nick Foles in, in great detail. Uh, but you know, according to to sources and what what's being reported out there is that the Chicago Bears are going to, going to not change their quarterback up, and they're going to keep Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, who's expected to start in game one in Detroit uh, after beating out Foles in training camp competition, uh, according to Schaffner, Adam Schaffner. And if Adam Schaffner says it, 
Well, by golly, you know that it's true. But uh, so we'll get into that that conversation uh, about Mitchell, and also certainly we, we look here at Indianapolis. We look at the at the uh, at the Colts and Philip Rivers, and and what's he going to bring to the table? Is he going to be everything that we expect him to be? Is he going to be the savior? I don't know. Um, but uh, certainly uh, we're we're going to have our eyes on that. Uh, it does not look like we're going to be able to connect with uh, Steve Wilson. That's unfortunate because uh, we're going to go ahead and give him a Kentucky Derby pick, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> and uh, but I'll text him and let him know what his what his what his, what his pick is. You know, we're talking a little bit about the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 had kind of been one of those teams that were right there in unison and and marching in line with. Uh, the Big Ten that says they weren't going to have a season. Well, now, now, huh, they are saying they're confident that the Pac-12 will be able to play football by January. So the seasons might get altered a little bit. It may not be exactly as we had thought that they were going to be. But to have a season, I think, is important and very therapeutical, uh, and that's I'm sure I just butchered that word on a Saturday morning. Um, you know, another uh, NFL story that we talk, we'll we be talking with Ed about here in just a few minutes, Adrian Peterson uh, w- was released by Washington. Can't even call them the Redskins anymore, can we? Um, so I guess he was surprised by that. And, and we'll, I want to get his, I want to get Ed's thoughts on that. And another story we'll be talking to Ed about is the Cowboys, Randy Gregory conditionally reinstated by the NFL. It's been a big story that we've been following here in the, uh, in, in the balance. And, and let's use this time also to talk with you about how you can, if you're listening to this show right now, and it's not live, if you're listening to us, sometime other than 9 to 11 Eastern AM on a Saturday morning, you are listening to us on our podcast. And every podcast format that you have has a little button that you can subscribe to and add as favorite. Do that. That helps us out a lot. Uh, give us four stars or, or subscribe uh, to us. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you would hit subscribe. I think if you're on TuneIn, you hit, uh, you hit favorite. So there's so many ways that you you can find us. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on TuneIn. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. There's really no place where you you get podcasts that you can't find us. All you have to do is search the balance. Worst case, worst case, worst case, just uh, go to our Facebook page or our Twitter page, and there's a link directly to our show, and you can listen to all of our shows that have been going on for so many years. And, uh, you know, uh, it's been a lot. It's just so much fun doing this every Saturday. And, you know, we appreciate you guys as the fans. Make sure that you follow us on Facebook. Just just search the fan pages, the balance. You'll see our logo right there, and real easy to to find, and and real easy to navigate to. And then just uh, you know, hit like, you know, like us. Tell us tell us you're out there, and you know, comment on our posts. And certainly feel free to to make your posts. We try to approve those first, but as long as they're within somewhat good taste, we'll let it go ahead and be posted up there. And you can also find us over on the Twitter bird uh, at. T balance and 
you know, we post a lot of stuff on there uh, as much as we can possibly uh, do. Uh, get on there as, you know, as often as we can in today's, in, in today's world. So, you know, again, 917-889-8516 is our digits. You can call in and uh, chat with me. Uh, coming up here in just a, a few minutes, you can chat with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. We're going to be breaking down the return of the NFL. And, uh, you know, uh, are we going to get – are we going to see some semblance of a um, – some semblance of a, of a normal world? I hope so. That's, that's, that's what we hope and, and, and are praying for as we go into Labor Day weekend. My name is Tom Marcosell, Presidente, 917-889-8516. Digits. We'll be right back on the other side. Thing. It's me, Linda. Oh my god, it talks! Run! No, it's me, Linda 
from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're hitting my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Back to the balance. My name's uh, Tom Mark with El Presidente, uh, and we are going into our fourth quarter of game. Thanks to uh, Mo from the BS Sports Show, and so uh, and then also thanks to uh, Walt Ferber. From WITZ down in Jasper uh, for joining us. What an icon in radio that he's been around here in Indiana for a long time, talking about the return of the Big Ten. And we were supposed to have Steve Wilson, and we're going to uh, not publicly shame him, but we are going to do his official uh, Kentucky Derby pick uh, in absence of. And so we are going to randomly uh, pick a horse for Steve Wilson and uh, go from there. But joining us now is Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. Thank you so much, sir, for joining us on, was it your 28th anniversary? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Time flies. Congratulations, my friend. Congratulations, my friend. I, there's been times I couldn't make it 28 days, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, so, been moments. But there's been moments like that. That's, that's good. So so what's what's the secret to success? Is it just yes, dear? Just learning those two words uh, and, and being very confident in it. <laughs> <laughs> just learning to let things roll off your back, man. I, I, I told my kids all the while that I make this look easy. You know, I said, you know, marriage is a lot of hard work, but I make it look easy. You know, you just have to well, have a sense you what, of humor and roll with the punches. You're absolutely right. You do have a lovely family. Uh, that's for sure. Well, here we are. We are we are getting ready to go into the NFL. And, you know, the Big Ten can't figure it out. Hopefully they do. Hopefully they will. Uh, the Pac-12 now says it looks like they can figure it out. And, you know, we were talking a little bit with, with Walt Ferber uh, earlier today about the Big Ten and just the return of the Big Ten and just get your, your initial thoughts on this. You know, it, like he said, you know, I guess we got to trust people that are smarter than us, and that's true. But it looks like – so here's what's so bizarre. So Temple can play football, but Penn State can't play football. Uh, uh, Indiana State can play football. University of Evansville can play football. But Purdue and Indiana can't play football. I can go through state after state after state. Iowa can play football. I mean, Iowa State can play football, but Iowa can't play football. It, it looks to me like there, there could be a way to figure this out. What are your thoughts on this? Because I know you're in Big Ten country as well with Penn State there. What are your, what are your thoughts? And what are the, what are you hearing out of the Nittany Lions camp as far as what, what they're saying about the return of the, of the Big Ten? 
Oh boy, you know I've been so locked with the with the NFL and all the you know stuff leading up to opening day. Um, my my personal thoughts is, I mean it's it's kind of odd, like you said, that here in Pennsylvania, Temple can play, Penn State can't play. I guess Pitt can't play because, well, I guess they can play because they're in the yeah, what are they? I, in believe, the ACC I believe they can. Thing. I think so, they're the so ACC. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, I, it's just bizarre that each state has its own rules. But you know, that's kind of been the way it's been since the virus happened. Was you know, the states are kind of left to their own devices, and now we see it trickle down to each league makes its own decisions. And I guess the Big Ten, I, I, I don't think they've announced that they're playing yet that I've seen anyway. But um, no, they, they haven't. Close. They're standing their ground. Yeah. So I mean, it's just the Big Ten is standing their ground. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so we're going to have kind of a watered down college football season, in my opinion, with, you know, Ohio State. I mean, they're, you know, they're an annual contender for, you know, the championship. And, you know, Penn State was supposed to be good. And, you know, now you see players opting out, even on teams that are playing. So, I mean, to me, it's just very watered down. And, it's you know, you look at the NFL, you know, you have 32 teams in the NFL. What if the, you know, the AFC North, you know, North decided they weren't going to play, you know, then you got 28 teams. I mean, it's just weird that you can't get everybody on board to, to either do it or not do it. Uh, because to me, I mean, it'd be nice to watch a college football game, but in the end is the national champion really going to matter when you only had, you know, what, 60% or 70% of the teams playing. Exactly. It's just, you know, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I know the players want to play, and good for them. They want to play, and good for us as fans who get to sit down on Saturday and, you know, watch you know watch the same teams, I guess, over and over because they're the only teams playing. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, 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 I wish they could have figured out a way to either all in or all out. Well, the NFL's back. And, you know, the Colts yeah. uh, released a statement yesterday saying that they're going to allow 2.9% of fans. That's okay. I mean, yay or nay. I mean, I guess it's okay. I'm glad that there's going to be somebody there in in the stands. But on the other side of it, it's not going to give an opportunity for the average Joe to go to a Colts game uh, because those that percentage goes first. And as I get it, loyalty says a lot. Uh, goes first to longtime season ticket holders, and then they go backwards from there. But I would say that. As crazy fans as we have, and I don't mean crazy mentally, I just mean that we have a crazy amount of fans and, and they love the Colts, I would say that that 2.9% of fans will be ate up relatively quickly. So, and, and the Colts are not the only those teams that, that are saying no fans, and, and I guess it just kind of depends on the state there again. Uh, but what, what do you think, all or nothing? Uh, well, I think, gosh, that's, that's another tough question. I mean, I – you know, Jeffrey Lurie, the Eagles owner, talked to us last Sunday night, and he was asked about fans in the stands. And, you know, in Philadelphia, uh, they are not allowing fans in the stands, at least probably for September. Lurie's not ready to give up on the season as far as having fans go. But he made a pretty good point, I thought, when he said, you know, how can you say no to the fans that want to go to games in cities where you're allowed? I mean, how can you make a blanket statement and say, well, no, even though, you know, our guidelines say you can go we're not going to allow it because fans are the backbone of the game so um i would think that uh, you know the most the more you know any kind of fans you can get into the stands i think is probably a good thing it does give uh you know a little bit of energy in the stadium not much it's still going to feel strange i don't know where those fans in lucas oil are going to be are they going to be in you know suites and 
uh, or are they going to be able to sit out in the, you know, in the stands? I mean, I, I don't know. You know I really Dallas, don't know. We're looking, I really don't know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you don't know. I mean, in suites, it's, you're still not going to really hear the noise inside of a suite uh, in the stadium. Uh, but so I, I think I think any amount of fans, no matter what the percentage is, is is probably good for the league. I kind of agree with Lori on that. It's, if you can get people in the stands, you're allowed to do it, then go ahead and do it and figure out the best way to do it, whether it's to just open it up to a lottery or, or give your first your season ticket holders first crack. I mean, whatever the teams decide to do. But um, I think it's a good thing to at least have a little bit of normalcy. I mean, it's certainly not normal, but, I mean, at least you do have a, some semblance of a crowd inside the stadium. You know, I've watched this baseball, these baseball games, and I love, you know, I like the corporate cutouts. I think it actually looks pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the piped-in crowd noise, it feels like there's people there. So, I mean – even if the NFL decided to do that, I'd be on board with that. But I think giving fans a, a little taste of it is, if you can do it, I don't have any problem with that. Well, certainly, I, I, I would think they're going to follow the suit of uh, of the uh, of the uh, MLB and, and and do piped in fan music. At first, I felt that was kind of corny, but after I watched it for a while, it's like kind of used to it. So it's all yeah, good. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get. Get into some conversations. Obviously, we we've got uh, football beginning back on on Thursday, so uh, you know we'll have we'll have a, a game against the Texas and the Chiefs. We'll talk about that game here in just a minute. Uh, but certainly, we're also talking some trade talks, and the, some Eagle players are certainly being mentioned in trade talks. And uh, Sidney Jones and, and Russell Douglas, and certainly no surprise, they they are on the outs of, of with with the, with the organization. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Sidney Jones and Rashul Douglas uh, staying or going? Well, you know, it's so hard to make trades. I mean, look, the, you know, the, the Dolphins tried to trade Josh Rosen, the quarterback. They couldn't find any takers, so they cut him. Um, same with Adrian Peterson. They probably tried to trade him in Washington, but didn't find any takers, so they cut him. Uh, I just think unless you're really, really high on a player and you want to give something up to make sure you get him and not have to uh, leave it to the whim of the waiver wire, then you'd make a trade. But I don't really see anybody beating down the Eagles door for Sidney Jones or Sewell Douglas. I mean, Sidney Jones has been kind of, I would say a bust since he uh, was so highly touted, came into the league as a second round pick in 2017, but he would have, According to all reports, he would have been a top 15 guy had he not torn his Achilles during a, a pro day workout. So he, you know, his first season was kind of negated by rehabbing, having to rehab that Achilles injury. But ever since then, he just hasn't really figured it out. Um, and even in camp this year, he's been sidelined a lot by some lower body injury or whatever the Eagles are, are terming it these days. So I don't really see, unless you're really sold on him, you really loved him in 2017. I don't see them getting anything for him. And Rasul Douglas has actually had a good camp. He was a third-round pick the same year Sidney Jones was a second-round pick. Uh, I think Rasul has a chance to make the team, uh, maybe an outside chance. But, again, I don't really see anybody beating down the door for these guys. If you're not going to make a trade, even for Leonard Fournette, you know, Fournette, they tried to trade Leonard Fournette in Jacksonville for, you know, however long they tried, Mm -hmm. and they couldn't find anybody to give give up anything. So. I, if you're not going to be able to get anything for Rosen or Fournette or even Peterson, I don't really see anybody wanting to give up anything for Jones and Douglas. 
Yeah, it, it, this is such trying times. As you mentioned, it's really hard to do any type of trade whatsoever. Well, we're diving right into the return of football. Whether we have fans and not have fans, that's a different discussion. The good thing is we are going to have uh, football. And we'll start with the Eagles against a team. Uh, you guys are on the road on Sunday against a team out in D.C. that we know as Washington. <laughs> They didn't even change their yeah. team collars. That's what's so funny. They're just going to be the, the better jokes. I understand money talks. I guess, you know, in the world that we live in, I mean, it's their team. It's their business. They can do whatever they want to do. Uh, but that's another conversation for another day. The Eagles, uh, the, uh, I almost said it. I almost said it. God help me if I actually <laughs> let it split out. Uh, the, yeah. Eagles, the Eagles against Washington. Uh, talk with us a little bit about uh, how the Eagles are preparing against uh, to be on the road in game one of the 2020 season. Yeah, the Washington football team is how they're going to be on this, uh, this <laughs> okay. season, which is really strange. Uh, you know, of, of all the teams, obviously, in the league this year, Washington has had the most uh, under-the-microscope offseason of any of them. Uh, name change, Daniel Jones with the allegations of, you know, uh, what is it, uh, sexual misconduct and with mm-hmm. the cheerleaders and um, you know, Ron Rivera, the new head coach, who I like a lot. He spent time in Philadelphia on Andy Reid's staff. Um, you know, obviously he was in Carolina with your uh, granddaughter's favorite team there, the Panthers. Yes, um, that's right. Uh, a, a good dude, man. You know, really good guy. Like Ron Rivera, you know, him coming into Washington, then being diagnosed with cancer. Uh, you know, the release of Adrian Peterson, who was a popular guy, 35 years old. Uh, probably a Hall of Fame player when all is said and done with him, cutting him. Uh, just a lot of stuff going, a lot of off-the-field distraction-type things going on in Washington. So um, as much as we don't know what football is going to look like with this abnormal offseason that we had, I, I would think that the Eagles should win this game. Um, but the Eagles, you know, look, they have their own issues. Every team does. The Eagles' offensive line is, you know, really – kind of in flux, you know, where they lost left tackle Andre Dillard for the season. They lost right guard Brandon Brooks for the season. Um, they brought in Jason Peters to move from left tackle to right guard to fill in for Brooks, and then Dillard gets hurt. So, I mean, you know, their offensive line to me is it could be, you know, it could be hazardous to Carson Wentz's health against the Washington defense, which I think is going to be kind of their calling card this year. They, they spent a lot of draft capital on that side of the ball. Um, and I think the defense will be very good. They have that first-year coordinator, another former head coach, Jack Del Rio, is going to run the defense in Washington. He's, you know, he was, a, to me, a good head coach, a good defensive coordinator before that. So, you know, the Eagles could find some tough sledding uh, in, in Washington in that season opener. But I just think that, you know, with Doug Peterson now in his fifth year, Ron Rivera in his first year, in Washington and all the off-field stuff, I think the Eagles should win that game. I think the latest line I saw was the Eagles were favored uh, by six. Might be a little high, but um, I think they should win, but it's not going to be an easy game, no doubt. We're talking with Ed Kraft, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles at SI.com, our official NFL contributor. We're going into opening week of the NFL in 2020. It starts off Thursday, obviously. Uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, leading the, the, the uh, offense for the Chiefs, signed a huge uh, mega contract with the Chiefs. He's going to be there for a long time. Uh, Texas come in to Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, funny how you can have the Kansas City Chief and Arrowhead Stadium, but you can't have the Washington Redskins. My jokes are just never going to stop. Uh, 
and you've got the the Texans and the Chiefs. So you got Cowboys and Indians on, on game one, man, and not the other Cowboys, just Texans and. All right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, I mean, if any team should be ready to come out of the gate, it's the Chiefs. I mean, they haven't kind of been business as usual for them in the offseason. I don't think they had too much, uh, too many defectors, you know, too many people left in free agency. You know, I know they lost one of their linemen, a doctor who decided to stay on the front lines and fight COVID uh, up in Canada, I guess. Um and I can't think of his name right now, but he won't be around for them on the line. But, you know, the Chiefs, you know, they're just poised to me to have a, a really strong run of success here over the next several years. Mahomes is locked in. Andy Reid, I think, got a new six-year deal. He's not going anywhere. Uh, you know, this team should come out flying out of the gates to me. Uh, and they'll, I'm sure they'll beat Houston. I mean, Houston has had an offseason with Bill O'Brien kind of pulling the strings, you know, trading away DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, for a running back. And it's, it's kind of funny when you look at David Johnson, who they got from the Cardinals in that deal. I mean, if he would have waited, he could have had Leonard Fournette or Adrian Peterson um, rather than trade away one of his top wide receivers. But, you know, he's made some questionable moves, you know, through the years. This year is no different. Last year he made some questionable ones, and yet the Texans had a, a good season. So um, they could – have another good season. I just don't think they're going to be ready to play the, the, the Chiefs, um, you know, c- coming out of the gate. And Deshaun Watson, uh, he hasn't had his contract extension, I don't believe. Um, so, you know, he's he's kind of playing for his contract year. Um, but what does he have around him? Does he have enough around him to have the success that the offense had last year with Hopkins? I, I'm not so sure they do. Um, and the Chiefs, like I said to me, I, I see that. You can pencil them in, I think, for 12, 13 wins easy this year. And we, win one is going to come Thursday night. Well, I, I tell you what, let's uh, take a look at Mike Holt against the Jaguars. It's certainly an AFC South uh, matchup. Uh, Philip Rivers makes his debut in the horseshoe uh, as the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, certainly, I, I feel very good about the Colts this year. Uh, a lot of people are, are a little concerned yet and still waiting wait to see what Philip Rivers can bring. Uh, I think that we had a good training camp um, uh, season, and, and I think that, you know, uh, we, we're in a good position. Uh, but the Colts and the Jaguars, well, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, division games aren't supposed to be easy. You know, there's that familiarity playing each other twice a year, but the Jags really made it pretty easy for the Colts, I think, in the opener. I mean, they're – who knows what direction they're going. I mean, they've certainly got a lot of draft picks in the next year or two after some of these trades they made. They traded away, you know, Yannick Nagakwe, who uh, went to the Vikings. You know, they got rid of Ramsey, the cornerback last year, to the Rams. Uh, you know, Gardner Minshew, you know, who knows, you know, what you're going to get from him in, in year two. Nick Foles isn't there, you know, anymore. I mean, it's they're just such a team every year that seems to be kind of in turmoil. And it's hard to believe that it was just, I think, three years ago that they went to the AFC title game. But, you know, that team has been dismantled in just a short time. So, you know, to me, even though division games are supposed to be tough, I think this will be kind of an easy opener for the Colts. It should be. Um, Of course, it'll be interesting to see how Phillip Rivers does. I mean, him and Frank Reich have that history going back to when they were with the then San Diego Chargers. So, uh, that should be helpful in a season, you know, in an off season where they didn't get any uh, as much grass time as they would have liked, but they do have that history. That should help. 
Uh, and with the Colts, it always starts with that offensive line, probably the best in the league, I would think, in, in the game, you know, if not the best in top three uh, offensive line. So, you know, does Phillip Rivers have to carry a team like the Chargers asked him to do for so many years? I, I don't think so. I mean, I think they got the running game to lean on. I think Frank Reich uh, likes to commit to the run, uh, and, and that's going to, I think, pay off. But uh, as far as openers go, this is going to be like an exhibition game, I think, for the for the Colts. I think they should win this one easily. I don't know what the line is, but it should at least be two touchdowns, and the Colts should cover that. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to, to check out the odds. But, um, yeah, Frank Reich is doing a great job, and I know here locally fans really, really like him. I've had an opportunity to see a couple of his uh, Zoom press conferences and, and through training camp, and him and Ballard are dead well. This is going to be a, a – I guess I don't want to say tell tell year, but this is kind of the year where he he's going to be able to shine, and and I think that Philip Rivers has never had an offensive line around him like he does now, and and you know we're going to get past this year no matter what happens at the end of the year, uh, but I, I certainly think that we have everything in the cards. I say this every year, but I certainly think that that we have everything in the cards to at least uh, you know uh, get to the playoffs and win a playoff game, if not. I mean, there's still that there's that outside uh, shot of, of, of winning the AFC championship, and but certainly I feel like that we can win the AFC South championship, and and I think if that happens, that's going to go a long way with the fans, especially a lot of fans were just not happy that Philip Rivers decided to come here. They, you'd be surprised at how many Indianapolis Colts fans hate. Uh, Philip Rivers, uh, you know, you almost think it's worse than Tom Brady, and so, but W's goes a long ways, and and I, I guess you know the Colts fans that are carrying a, dr- a grudge against Philip Rivers of uh, his arrogance that happened on the field all the way back when it was in the Hoosier Dome, if that if that tells you anything. So <laughs> this hatred for Philip Rivers has been uh, been going on for a long time. So let's talk a little bit about the Jets and Bills. We'll try to get through some of these games here while we still got some time left yet. And so we'll just get your thoughts on them as we go around the horn here. The, the Jets are at the Bills on Sunday. Yeah, well, I think the Bills are probably the favorite to win the AFC East. Um, you know, the Patriots probably take a step back. They had a lot of guys opt out with the covid situation obviously they lost tom brady they lost rob gronkowski uh they named cam newton their starting quarterback but uh i just i think the bills should be you know the favorite to win the afc east and the jets to me are just kind of middling along as they always do and um you know big year obviously for sam darnold you know to prove that he was worth such a high pick uh again you know Le'Veon bell still on that team but i i just don't I don't see the Jets making any quantum leaps forward. You know, maybe they're a six, seven win team. And, um, but to me, the Bills have all the pieces in place to, uh, to win that division and threaten your Colts, challenge your Colts for the AFC title. Um, and then they added the uh, receiver from Minnesota, uh, Stefan Diggs. Uh, they added him in the offseason, so they got better. Uh, weapon, another weapon for Josh Allen as he continues his development as a former first-round pick. Um, but I just think the Bills should win that game again, another uh, division opener. They're not supposed to be easy, but again, I just think the Bills have too much, especially early on in the season when they haven't had a whole lot of change in the offseason. Um, so they are like the Chiefs. They should come out, you know, fairly early and uh, kind of just hit the ground running right from the get-go. And the Jets, to me, are just they're still the Jets. I mean, they haven't really improved themselves in any great way. Um, so I, I expect the Bills to win that game. 
Well, the Bills certainly have momentum coming out of last year. You know, one of the, I want to get to get to this game too. We've got the Bears and the Lions, and, and the Bears are going to the Lions. And announced this week that Mitchell Trubisky will stay as the starting quarterback, uh, and then so that puts it in, in QB two in the hands of Nick Foles, which you know very well. A lot of people were surprised, and according to the Bears camp, uh, Mitchell Trubisky won the job fair and square and beat out Nick Foles. Does that surprise you? Well. I think if you look at Foles' history, he's always better as the number two quarterback. You know, he's always better off the bench. You know, he he hasn't excelled really. There was a that. Super Bowl championship that proves that. <laughs> yeah, right. That that uh, you know, he came off the bench back when he had his twenty-seven and two season, the twenty-seven touchdowns and the two interceptions back in uh, twenty thirteen. He had the seven touchdown uh, passing game in Oakland that tied the NFL record with Peyton Manning for most touchdowns in a game. I mean, you know, he's had some terrific moments, but they've always come as the guy off the bench. So, you know, if Trubisky falters, and I don't know how long of a leash he's going to be given here um, by Nagy, the head coach, uh, but, you know, it's it's I, to me it's comforting to know that Nick Foles is sitting there as your backup knowing what he's done in the past. And, you know, yeah, they, I guess they said Trubisky won the job, but it wouldn't surprise me if in the back of their minds they're thinking, you know what, let's keep Foles as our two because he's better in that role. Let's see what Trubisky has the first month of the season when we don't know what the football is going to look like because of the off season that they had. Let's see what he can do in the first few weeks. And if he, you know, if we're sitting here at one and three heading into the, you know, into, uh, then let's throw holes out there because we know he can come off the bench and after, you know, watching from the sidelines, he can do some good things. So it wouldn't surprise me if that was in the back of their head as this competition kind of raged on through training camp, what, what little there was of training camp. Um, so we'll see. I mean, obviously Trubisky's going to have to, you know, do well, or he's going to be sitting on the bench and Foles will take over and we'll see what Nick can do. See if he can, uh, you know, capture that lightning in a bottle again, like he did, you know, with Philadelphia a couple times. So, uh, you know, that, that's interesting. And um, on the other side of the ball, they're playing the Lions, you said? The Lions, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at home, yeah. Matt Stafford. Yeah, Matt Stafford was having a great season last year until he got, you know, until he got hurt. So, uh, you know, again, Matt Patricia, you know, is this is this a hot seat year for him? Probably, you know, um, they're going to have to come out and they're going to have to find a way to win games. I know Corey Unlin is their defensive coordinator now. He he was with Philadelphia coaching their D backs the last couple years, and you could argue that their D-backs weren't real good when he was here coaching, <laughs> coaching them, but hopefully he, he's a good guy. Corey Onlin got to know him a little bit. Uh, so hopefully he has, you know, some success as the D coordinator uh, with the Lions. But um, that's an interesting game. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know where I would go with that yet at this point. You know, I still have a few days here to figure that one out, but I, I that's a toss up game to me. I, you don't know what, how each team's going to look. I know the line or the Bears. They, I think, one of their best defensive linemen, Eddie Goldman, he opted out under the COVID uh, mm-hmm. rules. So you know he's a big piece that you're missing to stop the run game up front. Um, you know the If I had to say right now, I think the Lions might win that game, but I, I, it's a toss-up. One final game, and that's the Cowboys are at the L.A. Rams, and this is some big news coming out of the the Cowboy camp uh, uh, this week. Uh, uh, the Cowboys, uh, Randy Gregory, uh, is conditionally reinstated by the NFL, and we know that this has been a big story that he was he was uh, suspended for some uh, drug usage or 
accused alleged drug usage, I should say, uh, enough to violate the NFL's drug policies. So uh, conditionally reinstated by the NFL, and uh, so we'll see what the Cowboys do with that aspect of it. But the Cowboys are at the L.A. Rams on Sunday night. Yeah, that's a good game. Um, you know, the Cowboys, you know, they had – they really helped their defensive line. They signed Everson Griffin, the free agent from Minnesota. Uh, they had Gerald McCoy, who, you know, he's out for the year, I think, with a knee injury that he got in camp. That's a, that's a pretty big loss. But, uh, you know, the Cow- it would be interesting to see that the first-round pick, the receiver from Oklahoma, uh, C.D. Lamb, how he plays, uh, you know, early on. Um but the, you know the Cowboys are going to be good. You know, I, I, they have a good, they have a lot of good personnel. It's a matter of whether or not they can put it all together uh, with Mike McCarthy as the new head coach. So um, we'll see. Meanwhile, the Rams still have Sean McVay. They're coming off a disappointing season. Jared Goff, uh, you know, very disappointing season last year. We'll see if they can figure out a way to get him to be as effective as he was in their uh, Super Bowl season from two years ago. But you know, the Rams have a lot to prove. McVay was, you know, talked about as this boy wonder head coach, and now the, 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 the blooms off the rose a little bit there. He has to show that last year was kind of a blip on the screen. They're at home. Not that the Rams ever have much of a home field advantage um, playing in the, in the stadium they play in. I think next year is when they open their new place, SoFi Stadium. Um, I think that's next year. So, But right now, yeah, you know, they're right fans, so. Yeah, but so, you know, it's a weird thing. If it was in Dallas where you're allowed to have, I think the Cowboys are allowing almost 50% capacity, um, which, you know, that's an advantage to me for home games. This is on the road. Uh, Dak Prescott playing on his uh, his franchise tag. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.